Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 148. This week on the show, I've got an incredible conversation with Sumner Peterson of the band Dead Lakes. Um, This is a band that I've been telling people for like two years now that you needed to put them on the radar, like, you know, they're, they're on the upswing, they're definitely coming out and going to be making waves through this uh, scene and genre and the industry as a whole, uh, and here we are two years later and a lot of that stuff is happening. They've got new songs, they've got a new sound, they've got new music on the way, um, tours that are lining up that we couldn't quite discuss in this episode yet but you know it's really cool to see you know these guys grow and and evolve uh over the course of these last two years and this conversation that i had with sumner was awesome um we talked about some of that stuff and what went into this evolution of their sound and kind of what it means to be authentic to them and you know perform music or you know create music that is stuff that they're relating to more personally and um you know we talked a little bit about the real life uh stuff uh, the real life emotion and and circumstances that go into the songwriting now and things like that and it's just this really cool spot that these guys are in um they've released a couple singles already off this upcoming album um that is wrong way and stamina which is leading up to this next album so um definitely want you guys checking this out Let's just dive into this conversation, though. Uh, This is my conversation with Summy of the band Dead Lakes. Awesome. Um, So to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. Simple introduction, man. Uh, A little bit, you know, who you are, background on yourself um, and why we're having this conversation. Cool. Yeah, Um, I'm Summy. Um, I'm here because I sing in a band called Dead Lakes. And we uh, have some cool things in the works, and that gives me the ability to talk to cool Josh here. So uh, I, I got a I got a good time here. Um, but yeah, I uh, sing in Dead Lakes, and uh, we perform some cool rock music, and we got new music coming in early 2023. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So um, you know, Jess hit me up and told me that you guys had new stuff coming up, and was curious if I was interested in talking to you. And I was like, yeah, you know, they've kind of been on my radar for like the last two years uh, because you guys dropped new language last year as well. And I did a review of that uh, EP and everything. And I'm like, you know, I've been telling people for at least the last year, put these guys on your fucking radar because they're really, really close to blowing up here. Appreciate, appreciate that, man. It's, it's felt like uh, the pandemic was tough. It felt like uh, we were on the verge of something cool and um, we didn't get a tour off of new language because of the pandemic. Um Cause it was released, like, I think it was released in maybe March or May of 2020, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, the pandemic hit and we just kind of 
did weren't able to do anything really. So that was really tough. We felt like we're on the verge of being able to do some cool tours and, uh, you know, maybe get our name out there. And then the pandemic happened and we're like, all right, let's just write a record and, uh, well, well, better luck next time, you know? So I appreciate that. Thanks for the support too, from that. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it looks like my review went up May 16th of 2020. So, um, it was right around that, that time that the album or the EP dropped and everything. And, you know, I think the the cool thing was at that time, you guys were really developing this new sound, you know, like you kind of, for some people, you were getting away from these roots that you had established, but I think it was in such a perfect way because like, it wasn't a, you know, we're a, a punk band and now we're going to fucking play country music. It was like, here's, here's, you know, this kind of semi post hardcore feel that we've had, but like, we think we can do these other things really well too. And you've morphed into this fairly unique sound. What was that like for you guys conceptually to start building this new soundscape for yourself? Yeah, I think it's, it's tough for artists, you know, um, when you're also growing in, in your, what you enjoy musically the artists I enjoy today are vastly different than the artists I enjoyed when we first started dead lakes. And I, I, I think I could speak for everybody in the band for that. So really, it was just about being honest with our music. Like um, we weren't going to be able to do post hardcore justice when, you know, maybe one of our members truly listens to post hardcore, like as their main rotation, you know, Um, and that would be our bassist. So, yeah, it was just more like putting a more honest feel to the music, but also staying true to what we've done and what we know. Um, and I think that you'll see this as another step in that evolution. We actually wrote basically like a whole record during the beginning of the pandemic where it was like, who are we? Like what, like the pandemic just made everybody question everything. And we were like right. into such wild stuff. Um, like one of our guitarists, uh, went with me while I was working on solo stuff to like a hip hop studio. Um, and then he ended up getting an internship there. And so, and I don't know, like basically we were all just doing so much exploratory things with music because our last EP didn't really give us an opportunity to get out there. So, you know, we kind of just chilled out for a little bit and our drummer started working on some solo music. Um, if you look up ice bath on Spotify, you'll find him, give him a little plug. He's incredible. Um, and yeah, so basically it's just the natural evolution of actually putting into the music what we listen to and i think you'll hear a lot of that on this new record and in the future but i did say earlier we wrote like a whole record that we kind of brought the demos to the label they're like you guys this is like this is like a whole other step a whole other lane like this sounds like a whole other band in a way so then we kind of brought it back and had like a cool middle ground and that's kind of what our upcoming record uh became uh and yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for people to hear that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's, that's a really honest point of view that you have about that, because I think it's so interesting, you know, you guys are relatively new to the music scene, but like when bands like Silverstein, you know, start evolving their sound fans are like, oh, but it's not call it karma. And it's like, right. But they're not 19 year old kids anymore either. Like yeah, they they've grown. It's OK that the music changes. Um, and I think it's cool that, you know, like you said, it's it's more out of the respect. Right. Like, exactly. sure, we could probably go write that album again, but none of us feel it as much anymore. So why would we do that? 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's a risk, you know, I, I guess I realized early on when we started getting like some attention from some like industry people that, uh, you know, the pace that it moves at, you're always going to have people wanting certain things from you or wanting you to be something. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like, I don't know, like I, I still work like a nine to five job, you know, like, like anybody yeah. else. And to me, it's like, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. So I want to write what, what truly speaks to my soul and, and be honest and have integrity with what I'm writing. Because if we did just write a, a post hardcore record, you know, people would be able to, we, we would know, we might be fine with it, but we would never be the top dogs at it because it's not authentic to us. And people would be able to hear, okay, this just sounds like they were trying to do something like this and that of like these better bands, you know? Um, So yeah, we just wanted to kind of create our own lane and something that, yeah, felt honest to us. So yeah, thank you. (laughs) for for (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, even beyond the record itself, you know, like if you were to write that record again, um, or it, uh, post hardcore record again like even beyond that like trying to play that live it's never going to come across and connect when when you can't feel it in a live energy setting like you can just read a band and be like man they're not into it and it's it's an unfortunate thing but it's also a like a necessary thing a necessary part of the growth of a band like sometimes you'll see those bands that are playing songs from like 10 years ago and you can just tell like man, they're just going through the motions. This isn't it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And honestly, like a lot of us feel that way about some of our previous stuff. I would say anything before new language, basically we, we kind of feel that way about, um, and it's literally obviously no disrespect to anybody who is involved past members or producers, because we worked with some crazy people that I'm so grateful to have worked with. Uh, like, we did the uh, nothing is sacred EP with Casey Bates and that dude yeah, is a, such a sweetheart. He's like, a, like he was like a dad to me at the time. I love that guy. Um, and then we worked with Eric Ron on a new language and now we worked with Sam on this newest record that's coming out. Um, but yeah, we feel that way about past material as well. And I can tell you like, even though we've been sitting on this record that we're about to drop for like for literally over a year uh (laughs) we're still like we're a lot of times when we've done previous material like four months afterwards we're like okay we're kind of over it but like with this record we're like really excited to play it live like all of us are like when we listen to the songs we're like wow like i we are excited to play this live and that's such a cool feeling because you know you always got to tap back into what got you into music in the first place or starting bands like i was a freshman in high school and i started my first band with some friends and like his garage. We're in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. We have no idea what we're doing. We just know that we love the Devil Wears Prada and like, you know, uh, August Birds Red and Miss May I and uh, Bless the Falls early stuff. And we're like, we're just amped up to write, you know, and to like be able to, you know, try to do something cool like our idols, you know, and it's cool to tap back into that feeling of like, whoa, I'm excited about this sort of music. We've never done something like this or everything feels fresh and we're really following, I guess, like our inner ambitions, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to kind of what you talked about earlier, like the authenticity, right? Like if I'm not authentic with who I am and the material that I write, then why am I doing what I'm doing? Well, yeah, let's get the elephant out of the room. In my opinion, uh, the reason why you would do, do that is just because 
I don't know. We've seen other bands like like this scene is was pretty particular. It's a lot more open minded now. Yes. Um, which I'm grateful for because we would not ha- uh, be able to exist in this landscape beforehand. Um, like I just I can think of quite a few bands off the top of my head that have like changed their sound or kind of fit into the scene, but didn't. So they weren't like a cool band to like. And I totally understand the pressure that comes around that. Like we know that it's a risk to write the music that speaks to us because it may not speak to the audience that we have being on like a sharp tone records or, you know, being in the general scene, like back in the day, I, as a teenager, I probably would have called it like the alternative press scene, you know what I mean? Right. And the, the Vans Warped Tour scene. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, we hope that the authenticity will be able to speak to speak to the people, you know, and, and that they'll get it. And I, I think so far we've seen a good reaction to our first couple singles being out from it. So. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely think that there's that level of authenticity coming through the music. It's not, I bash on them all the time, so I'll do it again. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, like transitioning over to write pop punk. Like I've said it a thousand times that sure, maybe he relates to the scene. Maybe he grew up in it a little bit, but like if you took Travis Barker off of that album, it's a shit album. He doesn't, it, there's no skill to it, you know, for what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's definitely, I, I think yeah. people see that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's tough to, it's, it's so tough because I mean, he's selling out like stadium, right. <laughs> both of his pop punk albums went number one, you know? Um, and it does, it does kind of suck when you're like, you see something and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. This can be successful. And then every, you know, and then they just keep repeating the formula is what I kind of got from, from like those couple records. Like, right. I think it's a good song. I th- like, I'm, I'm speaking for all the songs. I, they sound like one song in a way, <laughs> a good song. It's been done a million times. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. That's what they went with. I, I, I get that. I won't say I respect that necessarily, but I get that. Um, and yeah, that's, it, it's sad. Cause I, I don't know if you listen, like if I was him and I went back and listened to my records when you know, like 10 years later, I'd be like, man, I can't believe like, that's what I said. Or like the depthfulness of the song just wasn't like really there. But again, like they know their target audience um, and they know what, what sells. So, but I totally agree. Like, yeah, I think that's the cool part about what we do. If I can speak on us a little bit is that I, I think we write cool, upbeat, fun, like music in that realm, but there is a deeper meaning or sense to it that maybe is shooting us in the foot by not just you know saying like what i don't know emo girlfriend or whatever uh, <laughs> whatever they got i don't know but yeah no i i totally get what you're saying and i i think it probably is a little bit of a double-edged sword right like the surface level listener maybe isn't connecting with what that deeper meaning is but that's the beauty of of this scene, the metalcore scene, you know, yeah. um, the the fans that are paying attention are relating with that deeper meaning. And those are the ones that are going to ride with you, you know, as long as you're oh, willing yeah. to do it. Yeah, that's why I fell in love with the scene myself. I was one of those kids as well. That was just like, I don't know, like I knew every lyric to to these songs where when you show your parents what you're listening to recently, they're like, what is this? Why is he screaming? You know? And like, I can't understand a word they're saying. I'm like, I know every word. So yeah, no, it 100% is that. And that's the thing that I fell in love with, with the scene. I've always been sad when like, it feels like 
the scene doesn't ride with us because I grew up like in the scene, loving the bands for this or that reason, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a really cool reception recently. So I, I don't know. I, I have nothing to play to complain about right now. No. And I, I think again, you know, I said it two years ago when I reviewed uh new language and I'll say it again, I think you guys are right on the verge of, of really exploding into this, not even just this scene, but like, making a wave in the music industry in general that people are going to start looking and being like, fuck, like there's so much more here than just that surface level. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. Um, I, I'm really excited about this record because uh, to be honest, there was like a pressure with us for, with this being like our first like full length, our EP got released at a weird time that didn't allow us to really like grow a big fan base. There was a lot of pressure on this, record to do well to be honest um so i am really excited because a lot of the songs um feel like easy to listen to singles but the the you know the lyrical depth is there the song structure is pretty singly uh throughout the record so i'm excited for this to be the introduction for a lot of people because i think that we have even more crazy and depthful art coming but without this introduction um, that might get lost on them. So I am, I, I think that this, this record could, uh, definitely help us with, with that initial, um, meeting of people, I guess, like them coming to the music for the first time, um, is going to be with this record. So I, I think I'm excited about, uh, how it goes. It's kind it's always yeah. so weary when you're in the position of like, okay, I know like a few months from now, our record's going to be out and people are, uh, People are going to react to it. I don't know how yet, you know? Yeah, it it's this thing. I've I've said it before about albums when I'm talking to artists. It's this really weird spot that you get in, especially like mentally, when you create this piece of art and like before you release it, it's just yours. It's just you and the band. It's just the production. Like it's mm-hmm. our thing. And then it's like, oh shit, we're putting this in the world and other people now get to judge this thing that I love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very, uh, interesting feeling. I've had like a lot of like mental preparation over the last like year to just decide how I feel about how others feel about, you know, (laughs) our things earlier today, I was literally watching like, uh, this, this girl on YouTube, like break down Lana Del Rey as a person and her persona and the parts of her that she finds authentic and non-authentic and stuff like that. And I'm like, at the end of the day, the only person who knows Lana Del Rey is Lana Del Rey, you know, and yeah. same goes for like us and our music and stuff like that. Like, I'm happy with the art that we made. I really hope it's received well, but it, um, if not, that's okay. Because, you know, again, speaking to authenticity, you know, we wrote this record for ourselves and to express ourselves. And honestly, when you hear the record as a whole, if you read all the lyrics and it is a front to back record as far as like kind of a story goes and emotion goes, a ride goes. Um, and it really was about a period of time of our lives, uh, all yeah. the members. So, um, you know, nobody can really, I respect other people's opinions and how it makes them feel or whatever, but um, nobody can take away how we feel about the record, which is really cool. So. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I haven't got to listen to the whole thing yet. I'll uh, hit Jess up about that later. But um, obviously, we've we've heard the two singles and, you know, your comment there about it being like a full album emotional trip. I think that's that's the thing that 
maybe some people lost on new language as well is that, you know, I said it in my review that I feel like the way that you guys progress through that and kind of the way that it wraps up, it's almost, you know, closing out the, the album was like this light at the end of the tunnel. You've come through all this adversity and dark places. And then you end on this, this note of like, okay, but we've persevered. We're, we're here, we're moving forward. And then that brings us into, you know, wrong way and um, that release. And then coming in now with stamina, having just dropped, uh, let's talk a little bit about wrong way. So something I don't do anymore. If you decide you want to talk about it this way, you can. Yeah. Uh, I don't ask the specifics of any song anymore. Like what it specifically meant to you to write that song, because I don't want to take it away from somebody else's connection. Right. Like, Exactly. No, I always am weary about that myself because, you know, a song has made me feel a certain way. And then you, you hear it from their perspective or like the very personal story that it means to them. And it's like, it's, you know, I, it doesn't really necessarily affect how I feel about it, but it's like, I don't mind the mystique of it, the mystery of it, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it reminds me of, I've referenced this a few times when talking to people, there was an interview, uh, Kelly Clarkson had Dave Grohl on her show. And she was talking about his song, Learn to Fly. And she's like, she thinks it's got this super deep meaning. She's like, I love how you, you know, you're talking about this and that and whatever. And he's, he's like, oh, that's really cool. You know, that's just about me wanting to learn how to fucking fly a plane, right? Like that was <laughs> it. It had no other meaning. <laughs> I love that shit. No, that's great. Um, yeah, I can definitely get into talking about wrong way. And I, I think um, the cool thing is, is that when I try to write, um, I try to write from a, pulling from a lot of experiences that can speak to one, like to a, a general emotion that people can understand. Yeah. Um, and for me, like, I mean, it's tough. Cause sometimes I write lyrics where I'm like, man, this is maybe on the verge of like, uh, too direct or not direct enough, or maybe on the verge of cringe. If people don't understand it the right way, like need a fast yeah. car windows tinted. Like it sounds very, I don't know, just, surface level but what the song is saying is like i mean the the chorus is wrong way down to one lane and i'm wondering what happens if i just like go and the song is kind of about what we've turned into, as such an intelligent species humans what we've turned into uh you know we've made money our power system and it's yeah. literally something that we've invented um I, I won't actually take credit for that i'll say classism uh the top the top of the class has for created sure. yeah. power system um <laughs> And yeah, that's what like need a black, uh, like, like everybody's got a black card, no limits. You know, it's just about not feeling satisfied with what the society that we've created or with what money can even bring you, you spend money on these things and you still feel like empty at the end of the day. Um, and honestly, the song came, uh, during the pandemic time for me when like, it just, I just felt so overwhelmed with like where our society was at, you know, um, all the, I, 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 you know, during the pandemic, I binge watched like, a, like literally probably close to a hundred documentaries that were like dealing <laughs> with like, uh, you know, racism, you know, uh, like social inequality, as far as like access to, uh, like, you know, food deserts and, and yeah. water. And, uh, then just like where our planet's at as a whole with climate change and all that. And, um, this song was just kind of my, like, okay, as a society, we're going the wrong way. Uh, and, you know, obviously the lyrics are kind of um, a dressed up version uh, dealing with like 
honest suicidal thoughts because of like, how do I find myself in the society or like the values that I place in myself, other people don't value me the same because I don't have money or I don't have, you know, this or that. And um, yeah, so that was just kind of my, in general sense, that was my synopsis of uh, what society is like today and how it can make an individual feel. So hopefully people will relate to that because I know that most people are young and broke like me and um, also disagree with like the society that a way older generation created for us that doesn't really speak to to our values or how we feel about the world, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we don't have to get crazy political about it or anything, but I think you're dead on is that, you know, currently we're in this weird spot where like this older generation or generations created this society that we're in now. And now we're at this point where enough people within the society, it feels like are starting to look at it and go, man, this is kind of fucked. We need to make change, but there's also enough old timers, if you will, gatekeepers resisting that change and just holding us back a little bit. And it's like, okay, but we need to break free and and make a couple major societal changes. 1000%. And you know, you look at who's in the positions of power, um, and it typically is older generations and they really don't speak for us. It's, it's so crazy to me that we live in such a, uh, a society where it's so obvious and, and it's not even, you know, they don't even try to hide it anymore. The right. fact that like, <laughs> corporations fund our politicians pockets and they make legislation based on who, who lines their pockets. It's yeah. it's, like, it's not even, it's not even up for question. It's not for debate. It is literally laid out. They would even admit it to this point. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's so disheartening because you feel so powerless um, to change anything as just like a citizen or just an individual, you know, and this is going on all across the world too. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. It's crazy. The influence that our political system, capitalism has had uh, on the whole world because we basically forced everybody into playing this, this game. And like, if if you don't, I'm trying to use a better word here. If you don't take all the resources from your community, whether you live in a third world country or whatever, and play this game, you will never have an exceptional lifestyle. You'll never be yeah. able to whatever, you know? Um, it, it, yeah, it's crazy. It reminds me of um, during Trump's presidency, uh, people in Brazil uh, kind of latched onto his leadership style and um, cattle farmers from down there were clearing out parts of the Amazon, like burning parts of the Amazon to clear land to have more cattle. Yeah. Uh, and, it, it, and I'm not even, and that's not me hating on those people in Brazil. It's just, it's, it's sad how infectious this is because you feel like if you don't play, like you're never going to have a lifestyle that feels, um, you, you know, you've got one life and everybody wants to have uh, all the things, you know, and it's, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely not a video game where it's like, okay, there's a rule set, but I can still go fucking do what I want. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, this is real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so honestly, I think all that kind of ties into stamina as well. Talking about, you know, that, that perseverance, I know stamina is a little more on like a relationship side of things, but it, it speaks well to what we just talked about where you've kind of have to have this stamina to, to persevere through these challenges so that you can nurture and grow relationships or, um, you know, hopefully find the people around you that will help you grow 
spiritually, mentally, and all that. Yeah, one thousand percent. Um, the song was written at like a really crazy time in my life. Uh, and the people that surrounded me definitely did that. We were this was during the pandemic as well, where we're all watching all this stuff together. We have similar ideologies about the world and um, you know, what's going on. But then, you know, humans are humans, we affect each other uh on a personal level. It's kind of it's so interesting, like with acquaintances, uh everything's always pretty chilling because you know you yeah. don't you don't know each other on such a level to where you can affect each other in such a negative way such a positive way whatever um but yeah the song definitely was about um relationships and how they affect that affect your stamina affect yeah. your ability to get through life if you have good relationships by your side all the bullshit that happens outside doesn't quite affect you but if like the relationships around you aren't so good everything uh everything affects you deeply so yeah the song was crazy because that's uh, it ties back into you know always wanting to have like hope at the end of the day and um persevering through these things through the journey of the last couple of years for myself i definitely learned the importance of you know stamina and having people around you that help nurture that and don't drain you of it you know yeah. uh and vice versa. I'm sure, I think I was that person to other people as well, you know, uh, and that's the human part of it. But, uh, yeah, stamina was definitely written about, um, you know, we took the bigger world concept with like wrong way and, and stamina is kind of like the interpersonal relationship version of that in a way of how that affects you as an individual. And, uh, it's, it's really tough when you, you know, I, I've talked about the song a couple of times with some people and it's tough when you really love somebody and you want things to work out, but you know, time does change. We're not the same people we were a few years ago. Yeah. And it's so crazy how, how over a, the course of a few years, um, you know, what started out as like a healthy relationship from me to the other, from the other to me, vice versa can like, you don't even notice the change where like, maybe you're not affecting that person positively and vice versa as well. But you, you, you know, day by day, it's so, it happens so slowly over time that one day you wake up and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I, I don't feel like myself, you know, yeah. and I feel waking up without motivation or stamina to get through the day and face the challenges of every day, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and to be clear, we're not even just talking re romantic relationships. Like this is anybody involved in your life. And I think it, it is an important thing to think about. Like, like you said, when you wake up for the day and you know that you have to be around someone, if you start to even begin to question like, fuck, do I want to go hang out with that person? Like you need to evaluate that relationship because there may be, I'm not saying just cut people out, you know, on a whim, no, but like but yeah, honest conversations, let's cut the bullshit and let's listen yeah. to a real conversation about where we are as human beings and uh, what that means for each other, what are, what, what we need from one another. And if that, that can work out. I think everybody owes it to themselves to do that, but life feels so heavy sometimes that you're like, okay, I'm going to hold on to people, even if it's not healthy for either of us, you know? Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I think something I realized and you'll always realize is that if you, if you find that at the end of the day, you, you know, you might technically be better off, like out of each other's lives, you really have to take that into consideration so that way they can grow and you can grow as a person and feel like your best self again, because sometimes you just, 
it's not about a person being a bad person, but sometimes you can't salvage that relationship to be positive for, for your life. And it's okay to be honest about that because you as a person, them as a person deserve to wake up every day feeling like, whoa, cool. Like today's another opportunity for a good day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, those, those honest conversations, if you truly have that person's best interest at heart and they have your best interest at heart, like those conversations, even as difficult as they may be, you could go to them and be like, Hey, you know, shit's heavy when I'm around you. Like, let's take a week or two off. Like, let me kind of do my own thing. Let's see where this really is. Because if that balance isn't there, like you're saying, and, and you're draining yourself because of someone else, how are you ever going to elevate yourself to that next level and that next, you know, realm of, of happy? Right. Yeah. And to me, I mean, honestly, like I was, uh, slightly, not even slightly, we were like in the romantic relationship, uh, part of it during the time of my life, we were both pretty codependent on one another. And so you don't even want to have those conversations because in a way that you don't even realize you're selfish in the fact that like, you know, as much as you know, this relationship might not be good for you. You're so codependent on them, or you're so worried that you're not going to be able to be okay on your own, that you don't address issues that are happening, or you don't, you don't want to have that conversation. Cause it, what if that does lead to like them being out of your life? And now you're like, Oh shit, I'll tell you what happens. What happens if you realize, Oh, everything is going to be okay. You know, we're humans, these things happen. And I'm a worthy human of being okay by myself and, you know, doing whatever. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, being a human is crazy. It's a crazy experience. Yeah. I hope that yeah. people relate. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think that's the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, it sounds like such a, a basic and like cheap way out, but you have to remember at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all just trying to survive. Yep. 100%. And, and that's, that's the importance of seeing each other as a whole, you know, like, and, and, and you can still care for someone, even if they're, you know, you're not meant to be in each other's lives um, or whatever, because you can see them as a whole and know, Hey, like they've got their own struggles they're going through. They got their own nine to five. They got their own family issues. Maybe, you know, they got their own insecurities, their own, whatever, you know? And um, so I don't know. I think when, when I was younger, I think even for the adults at that age, when I was a younger person, you, you we didn't view relationships as something you could like break off and still have respect for one another or still like um care or love for that person like you have to be this crazy thing but it's like i'm really glad that we've grown with like um mental health becoming a more important topic self-care becoming a more important topic and um i think we've grown emotionally more mature as a species luckily and then you know obviously in some ways we're seeing the repercussions of not for so long but um yeah, I'm so thankful that in like this day and age that we have that understanding of being able to see people as a whole, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> let's slightly change directions. It's still about the the songs, but let's talk about working with Sam. I mean, Sam has worked with such incredible artists like Devil Wears Prada, like Pacific, Silverstein. Like, what's it like getting in a room with someone like Sam and being like, here's my my art please love me. Like help me fix this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. The first day that we like got with Sam, we just kind of like went over the songs we were bringing into the studio. Um, and we had like a couple that we were like, weren't sure about. And then we brought a bunch of unfinished ideas in case, uh, you know, something that we thought might make the record wouldn't make the record. And, uh, 
he was just, he was very gentle, but also honest, like with everything. Um, Sam, Sam was so cool. First off, he was like a human right off the bat. Like he let us in to like his personal life, you know, um, kind of broke that wall to like, let us know maybe what he's dealing with, you know, in his life right then and there. So we could understand where he's coming from and where we're at. Um, and yeah, he was just, he was cool. Like we cut a song that we thought might make the record. Actually, I think we may have cut like two. One was a really crazy, like pop song. It was wild. I really loved, I really loved it, but he wasn't wrong. Like it, it wouldn't have necessarily made sense on the record, but we did keep one interlude on the record that definitely doesn't make sense on the record. And I'm so thankful that it's there. Uh, but regardless back to the story, like, yeah, working with Sam was incredible. Um, I've worked with like a lot of vocal engineers that are top tier guys that are very talented, incredible to work with. Um, Sam, at the end of the day, I give him credit for making me feel the most comfortable I've ever felt in a like vocal booth. Um, and it allowed me to be able to, I think, give my best performances I've ever given on a record. So, uh, I can't speak highly enough about Sam. It was crazy just getting to hang out with him like every day. Um, he was, he wasn't like, I don't know. I won't say I'm going to say it. He's not like the LA type. Uh, there are some great LA people. So that's why I didn't want to say it, but he wasn't the, that type, like he hung out with us. Anytime we took like a break to go out, we'd go out and smoke. Um, none of us smoke cigarettes. We smoke pot. So I want to clear that up right now. Uh, I don't want to be thinking we're like fiends, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so anytime we go take like a little break to smoke, uh, get some fresh air, like he always would go with us, you know, um, if we wanted to go grab some lunch, like he would go with us. Like he was always down to like hang out and like really build relationships. And I think like, if you, if anybody follows him on Instagram or anything like that, you'll see, like, you'll see his character very easily just by the fact that like people uh, that he's worked with want to tag him in things, want to uh, hang out with him after the recording process is over and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about uh, working with Sam. He was great. Yeah. And I mean, talk about somebody that has like all the tools, right? Like he's worked with people in every single fucking genre, every genre for real. And uh, yeah, I think that was the coolest part about him is we had typically worked with people who had a background in like hard rock and like, you know, post-hardcore metalcore and like his roots, like as much as he has worked with like a lot of like that sort of music, his roots are in like pop punk. Um, And that was like always a side of us that I think was probably the, to me, the more exciting side, you know, if you look at how, like, I don't like, I don't even like 18 weeks, but you see that, you know, the way that that song performed. Um, and it was just really cool to be able to work with somebody that was more, that understood the more pop and upbeat element of our band and what we were trying to do, because we've always worked with people that understood the more slow or aggressive side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's the thing is, you know, you guys being in the position that you are with this evolution of your sound, having someone like Sam that can unlock some of those doors for you is just a a huge uh, compliment to what you're trying to do. One thousand percent. Yeah. He was the right guy for that project. Like there's no there's no question in my mind about it. Um, It was just cool, too, because they're in Toronto. We rented like we, we like got like an Airbnb at this local like in this local place we are the top floor apartment um just all to ourselves like it felt very homey like we would walk out of the apartment uh building and be able to go walk a block down and there's just like a bunch of food and it's just a very like neighborhood homey feeling um compared to like you know sometimes like we also record in la and it's 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 uh it's just a little more like 
busy and a little more like business in a way you can, you can feel the pressure that like, it's like, I don't know. There's just, this is just a different energy. Just yeah, it, It's very, it's very Hollywood, right? Like the stereotype yeah, yeah. of Hollywood is LA. Yeah. I mean, there's so much great art that's come out of LA, like incredible art, but I do think it depends on the individual and the artist. Um, I'm sure I'll be back in LA doing some stuff at some point in time, but with a more mature mindset of knowing what I'm going, getting into and how to preserve myself or get the best out of myself in that situation. But yeah, like being in Toronto with Sam was such a cool, such a cool low key energy. And it just felt like it didn't feel like heavy pressure when we were like there every day. And that was the best feeling in the world. Yeah. 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 Uh, you mentioned, uh, 18 weeks. So I was curious and I went and looked, uh, Spotify streams. I don't know if you are aware of this. So to put it in perspective, 18 weeks, uh, has just over 1 million streams on Spotify wrong way, which has only been out, you know, a couple months at this point, right? Five months. Yeah. Uh, 733,000. So like, it's already trending to just surpass yeah, your top song. So thankful for that because that means <laughs> that we're one day closer to not having to perform eighteen weeks live. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, when we were writing more like post hardcore or more like we were more inspired by those artists, I definitely like wanted to sing like those artists and I wanted to sing like the higher part of my range and stuff like that. But as I've like gotten older, like I just really enjoy the pocket that feels good in in my vocal range, and I. I don't know. I think it allows me to like show off a little more personality too, where it's yeah. like the other stuff felt like it just felt like the mid tier of uh, like those sort of genres, in my opinion, because I didn't feel like my personality was able to shine in that spot, you know, but I feel like it shines what we, with what we're doing now. Well, so, plus, you know, if you're pushing the top end of your, your vocal range all the time, like now I have to worry about, am I overdoing oh it? Do I have to rest my voice? Like, what am I doing here? Live show wise, it it was wild and not fun. Um, and I know, like, I didn't really enjoy screaming that much. Like, I did some screaming stuff, like on some of the old stuff. And like, I always, I, I think the thing I had with it back then too was I didn't even enjoy screaming back then. I just liked bands that screamed back then. Right. So I, oh hell yeah! Like, I'm just gonna get in on this, even though like I prefer to sing, uh, quite a bit. And so yeah, like I would just find myself like feeling exhausted all the time on tour and like I would hit the notes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, anytime you're just working with just your top end all the time, you're probably going to be a little pitchy and you're probably not going to feel great, you know? Uh, so yeah. uh, I'm so excited to like take this new record on the road because I know I'm going to feel good all the time and it's just going to, Oh, it's, it's such a vibe. It's such a vibe. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, you know, not that you're going to intentionally, you know, not be delivering or whatever, but like when it's in a more comfortable range, cool. I can fuck around on stage a little bit and, and have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's just going to come out naturally. Like it, there's not like a, okay, shit in 30 seconds, this part comes up where like you hit this crazy note. And if you don't hit that crazy note, right. You're going to sound crazy. Uh, so you better hit the crazy note. Crazy. Um, so yeah, so it, I just know everything's going to come out so much more comfortably. I won't even have to like, it'll be second nature and, uh, I can really like even engage more with the crowd and do little interpolations of, uh, different parts and stuff like that. So, which is always my favorite thing. I like to do little Justin Bieber runs when we, when we, when we go live, I think that shit's so fun. It'll be a little less, uh, 
uh, fun or ironic, I guess, because we're, our sound is a little lighter. It was always fun to do it like over like our heaviest songs. I right. thought that was funny as shit, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could always do the old, um, have you seen the video of harm's way where they put the running man, he, like he's doing oh, the running yeah, man and they just do the songs over it. Yo, that shit's so <laughs> funny, dude. That yeah. shit's funny. Especially like being a fan of harm's way when I was younger, I was really into like uh hardcore, uh, when I was younger, uh, in harm's way, that dude is huge. That dude, yeah, is, he was. dude is huge, but I always liked their aesthetic. Like they, they, uh, I think they did. Are they from Chicago or I don't know. They, they right around they, that area. Cause I feel like they did like some bowls merch and stuff like that. Like they always had like this cool streetwear meets tough guy merch. And I was like, and then like, you look at like the band themselves. I love the way they marketed themselves. And uh, yeah, I just want like, obviously I'm a pretty scrawny dude, but I just always wanted to be that guy when I grew up. I was like, that guy is so tough. But yeah, that video is funny as shit though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are from, uh, from Chicago. So oh, sick. Um, that would be really embarrassing. Like I would have lost all my street. So I'm really yeah. glad it's intact. They're, they're from <laughs> Chicago, right? No, Tampa. Like, fuck. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I knew that. I was just playing games with you. I was testing right. you really. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know we don't need Jess popping in here yelling at us. So I know you can't announce too many tour things yet, things like that. But you guys have gotten the tour with some pretty cool fucking names already previously. Like who's on the radar for the album drops? We want to go out. Like who would be on the list of I want these people with us? Word. Yeah. Um, I'll just start listing off some names that <laughs> hit me like right off top. Like um, the plot in you would be incredible. Like. I, I've loved that band for a really long time. I literally saw them when they had like their crazy. I saw them at the underground in Mesa, Arizona, when they put out like that, when they had that crazy EP out their first like EP or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they had, they were just like a, almost like a death core band or something like that shit was crazy. So uh, that would be cool for full circle for me. Um, Day seeker and holding absence um yeah. would be great i would like to hit like the pop punk circuit too because i i think like our music would really do well there and like i feel like it makes sense but bands like stand atlantic are really cool and uh chase atlantic uh weird to put two atlantics after each other but uh yeah all those are really crazy i was trying to keep it like fairly reasonable ish too you know <laughs> obviously i'd love to go out with paris like that's uh right that that's that's a that'd be a dream um but yeah there's just so many good artists out there and I don't know. We're the type of people that there's going to be somebody in our band that's going to be stoked to be out with anybody that we're out with. And uh, we, I don't know, we have a good ass time. So we're just excited about touring in the future. But uh, if we add something, I'd probably throw a little hint out there, but uh, <laughs> you know, right now we're, we're, we got some stuff in the works. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. And I, I think you're right though, too, with not only would at least somebody in the band be excited to, to be on tour, regardless of the genre, but like, with the evolution of your sound and this genre blend that you're doing, I think you fit in most of those genres pretty easily that like there's a little bit for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you hear the record, it's pretty like there's a pretty general consensus of sound, but regardless, we'll be able to, um, to make it make sense with whatever, uh, opportunities are out there. Like, um, but yeah, I think I think just the energy that our band will bring would work in post hardcore and pop punk uh, and pop rock even. So uh, so yeah, there's a lot of cool opportunities. I think that's the tough part also about a sound like ours is that uh, other bands are kind of like 
probably like, we're all just like, we're just slightly a little off for everybody. Right. But I think that's kind of, I think if it gets embraced properly, which I think it, it will, uh, I think people will see that it'll be a beneficial thing um, in a lot of ways. So ho- yeah. hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we can bring that cool little edge to some tours. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, some of those people that you named are, are going to check out the podcast somehow and be like, oh shit. Yeah. We do need to have them on. Dude. Yeah, our, our last uh, our last like post about stamina like was like a cross post with uh, Sharp Tone and uh, Holding Absence liked it. And I screenshot that and sent that to everybody <laughs> in the band because like, dude, I've been a fan of Holding Absence since uh, they were a Dreambound like band yeah. because my last band, Spirit, was a Dreambound band. Like that's where uh, we got the most uh, love was because of Dreambound. So I was always like attached to that a little bit. And Holding Absence's like early stuff was all on there, even like when they had an old vocalist. And stuff like that. All that stuff's taken down now. So I'm a real right. OG. So if anybody from Holding Absence hears this, know that I'm a real one. I've been listening to y'all forever. But uh no, that'd be super cool. We uh, you know, it's been cool. Some uh there's this band uh from the UK that uh I liked a lot when I was uh younger and I still like to this day that uh called Dream State. Um mm-hmm. and, and a couple of their members like reached out to us and shared uh wrong way and stuff like that, and like young me was just like oh this is so sick what like it's it's so humbling and cool when people that you love and respect like uh give a little something back so yeah that's cool yeah for sure and um i'll have to find the photo and and send it to you so i shot holding absence at um the is for lovers festival that hawthorne heights put on yeah i've got this really dope shot of him doing like this super fucking high kick and it's Oh, oh yeah so me, insane give me that I, lo- so I, I love i love high kick photos uh my, my friend in honey revenge uh devin just uh if you've never heard of honey revenge check him out but uh she just posted up a high kick photo and you know within 30 seconds everybody's commenting because it's an incredible high kick go check it out yeah yeah <laughs> I'll, i'm definitely gonna find mine and, and send it to you because like I, I don't understand how he got his leg as high as he did in the jeans that he was wearing. Like, yeah, yeah. I saw one of uh, Yvette Young from uh, uh, Covet the other day. And I just I just don't understand how people are getting their feet up this side. Like before we go out on tour, like when when whenever we uh, like a month before our next tour, I'm going to start doing some flexibility things. <laughs> I'm going to start practicing this. I'm not going to even pretend I'm coming out there and just doing it because I can't compete with these people unless I work for like a month beforehand with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so knowing that you've got stuff in the works for tours, what does, uh, as much as you're allowed to say without just yelling at us, what does the release schedule leading up to the album kind of look like for you as far as singles, music videos, things like that? Yeah. So the cool part about like being a smaller band is that like, you know, they don't care. They don't, they don't have to prep you too much because like, we're still like, you know, there's a lot of people that won't get it, get to even know about us until the record drops. So yeah. luckily nobody's yelled at me yet. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty happy to tell people like we've got, uh, we got a couple more singles coming out sometime before the record drops and maybe the record's dropping at the end of March. So, you know, maybe there's some pretty upcoming surprises for everybody. I- I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited for what is immediately going to happen next with us uh and i'm excited for everybody to to get it i think that when you release your first full length um there's there's like a finally a sense of identity with like your band and you can tell a full story you know like 
it's tough. Um, a lot of reviews about our EP too was basically that, like, like I want more. I want to know. I want to know who this band really is, and I, I'm really excited. Um, everybody in the industry has always told us too, like nobody's like things aren't really going to happen for you guys until you release a, like a proper record because um, that's I don't know. Like I think that's when people you can become somebody's favorite band. That's when you can become. Right. Um, like people get attached to the story. They get attached to like what you're trying to put out there. And so, yeah, I'm excited for what's coming up soon. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. It, it, the, the first chapter of the story is, is going to draw people in. It's going to be cute. Yeah. Well, and it, it's a little bit ironic too, right? Like that people in the industry are like, well, you got to put out your first album before people are going to relate to you. But at the same time, it's like, so do I rush getting that first like I need that to be a great first impression that I can't rush this. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily uh, the pandemic came at the right time for us, I guess, in that regard, a lot of, in most regards, not the right time, uh, not the right time for anybody for anything, but for us, it did allow us at some, some time to be creative. Like I said, we wrote two whole records during the time of the pandemic. Um, and we were really able to find the proper way to put out our sound now. You know, it really gave us the time to, to have, to think about what we want to do. Whereas I feel like, uh, we're, we're not, a, not, we're, it's gonna, it's gonna hit us, uh, whenever the label's like, so you guys got more, you know, yeah. uh, we're be like, shit. Yeah, we do. Shit. Yeah, we do. Okay, everybody <laughs> <live> together. <laughs> uh, now I got a lot of demos going and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, there's, I'm very grateful and don't want it to be lost on me. Um, how, how lucky, you know, everybody's life is, is an individual life. And with my experience, this was a very lucky experience for us to be able to put out what we want to put out and think about it before, before we went and did it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's, that's the key is, you know, you don't want to be in a spot where that first impression is, a major swing and a miss where you're going, fuck, how do we recover? Yeah. There's uh, honestly with, with the industry these days, there is no recovering in my opinion, uh, because there's just so many good artists and so many artists in general, like, it, it, you know, oversaturation is definitely a thing. And it's funny because, uh, I also resell clothes and oversaturation in that area is also a thing. Um, and oversaturation is a thing. So you, you do got, it's cool because it, means you have to be at the top of your game always and there is no mistakes that can really be made otherwise you know somebody else is going to jump on that and i think that's a beautiful thing you know it, it helps us uh get the best art in front of our eyes and if ours isn't worthy like you know i i would have to respect that at the end of the day but i am very confident that uh that this is going to go well because we did get that time to be able to make sure that our first impression goes over well so yeah for sure and i think I think that's the key right there is that, you know, it, it's a conscious decision that like, I know that this is the right time for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that we did get a little, I was going to, I was going to say other artists because I have seen this from other artists before, but even us with what we originally wrote for, for a record, I think we were focusing so much on like being in the moment and, um, and just writing whatever we felt like writing and it is pretty crazy and fun and bizarre um but uh i've seen other artists do this too and i i've i don't know i'm a pretty analytical person especially like ever since i was younger like watching bands and stuff like that because i knew that like i really wanted to 
do this. So um, I tried to understand why some bands didn't uh, do better than, than, than they did. Like, for example, a band that I loved a lot growing up was a band called A Lost for Words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I feel like they're like the, like the last record they really did. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, but I understood why it didn't like pop off or take them to the next level that they needed to, to go to. Um, I can't necessarily like pinpoint it right now. Cause it's been a minute since I heard it, but I, I do remember it just being like a little, uh, glossy for like the scene feeling a little more. Uh, wanting a little more rawness at that time and, or whatever the case may be, you know? Um, and it's just, it's just interesting. So I'm, I'm really hoping uh, my analysis skills are correct. And uh, that the art that we made from our hearts with the uh, thought and intention put into it, that it's going to go, go great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it will. I, like I said, you know, I've said it a couple of times in this episode already. We got to get you the record. We got to get you the record. Cause uh, you know, Jess can uh, probably arrange that soon. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, I do. I think you guys are right on the verge of, of really making an impact in the scene. And I'm hoping that this record is, is that step where, you know, the fuse has been lit. You've got to know about us, baby. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. The record drops and then just boom, there it is. So um, that's really everything I've got for you. So one thing I have been doing lately uh, as like closeout questions is normally I've been asking, you know, if the record's out questions about it to kind of close out. But since we don't have a record out, I'm going to make you give me a hot take. What is your hot take on the best documentary since you binge watched all of them over (laughs) COVID the best documentary that nobody's watching? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. That's put me on the spot right there. Uh, (laughs) A lot of, I don't know. It's crazy because there's also like a lot of, um, there's, there's, there's so many different types too, you know, uh, I mean, as long as your answer but, is not Tiger King, I'm I'm good with it. Hey, I did watch that one. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I thought that shit was pretty interesting because I also <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like, uh, my girlfriend likes to watch like a lot of uh The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor yeah. in Paradise, um, Love Island. I know that sounds really crazy on how that relates to that, but I think it's the understanding human beings and how they and how crazy they can really be. You know, yeah. um, that was pretty interesting, but there's a lot of flack around, around this one, do your, you know, do your individual research, which is always important. But I, I thought Seaspiracy was, uh, was pretty eye-opening to a lot of crazy things that happen at, uh, you know, with like our whole fishing, um, aspect of our world. Cause a lot of people, um, kind of discount the impact that, uh, you know, eating fish has on the environment, but also what they're supporting when that happens. And, every industry has its shit. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's really crazy to know that like, you know, these big corporations that uh, give the certification that things are caught a certain sort of way um, that there's just money behind it. And then also like, you know, these people who go out on these boats to verify these things can be bribed or a lot of times they were killed. A lot of people working on uh, some of these fishing vessels um, are technically slaves uh to the industry that were trying to escape wherever they were from for a better life and were taken advantage of because they would have um gone to jail or been sent back home if they didn't just live on this vessel now and uh obviously we're tearing up the bottom of our like our ocean floor and the, the list goes on and on but uh 
that one definitely like kind of blew my mind. Um, and there is some like counter arguments to some of those things in there. That's why I do say, you know, don't just take my word for it. Do your, do your research, but there's, there's so many crazy documentaries out there. Um, and I'm just interested in humanity as a species and how we interact with each other and the earth around us. And it just, you'll never not have your mind blown by the amount of crazy stuff that happens in this world. You know, it's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah, no. And I mean, that's, I'll, I'll go check that one out for sure. I just, you know, thinking about all the shit that came out during the, the pandemic, it's, it's funny, you know, like there was that Firefest one, there was oh, obviously yeah. all the economy, the, you know, economy ones and yeah, all of that. And it's like, I feel like what I hear from you is, is really cool because like you focused on the ones that were about environment and like how society is working and things like that. And everybody else is like, nope, I just want to watch the world burn. And I want to, you know, get my, my dumb fix, if you will, with hey, Firefest and whatnot. I will say that I, in a way, almost understand that because again, it does feel a little helpless to, to change yeah. things uh, with, as an individual um, and everybody deserves to feel uh, at peace and how and and watch something dumb like uh, you know the Firefest documentaries, which I did watch as well, and that <laughs> shit was crazy. But just shows like what you can get away with if you have money and power, uh, and it, yeah, it's a wild world. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's still selfish of me to like you know the more environmental documentaries and stuff because my ideology is like, oh, when I'm sixty, I don't want to like absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hate my life because when I walk outside the door, you know, there's more hurricanes, more, right. uh, you know, like all the natural disasters are going to be even crazier, you know, like, so I want to try to understand this and advocate for it or try to figure out what I can do, you know? Um, but yeah, it still comes from a selfish nature of wanting, there's no point in us, uh, not taking care of the environment because that's not taking care of ourselves because there won't be a planet to live on if we, you know, don't take care of this bad boy. So. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out, you know, as, as maybe gung ho as uh, Elon Musk is Mars is not getting inhabited anytime fucking soon. And that's just the dumbest approach <laughs> to this whole thing. We have a completely like what, we're just going to go and ruin another planet. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's all my whole point. That's my whole frustration with the human species and people in power. They are smart people, but like uh, there's so many intelligent people who are gatekeeped out of having positions of power. So don't get me wrong. They're not the smartest people, um, but they do have the resources to be smart and intelligent and to think that, okay, let's move to another planet or at least take the elite people from this planet to another planet. That's so selfish and wrong. Like we could take care of this planet. Now we could salvage this thing, but we're just going to, uh, Oh, let's look at what's next because you know, we can't in, in a capitalistic society, we can't stop using oil. We can't stop, uh, you know, using money as a means for, uh, taking everything from the environment. Uh, like it's, it's so asinine and insane. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. And as cheesy as it, it's going to be, you know, that's what Wally was about. You know, Disney <laughs> fucking hit it on the head. No, I just saw a <laughs> Volkswagen uh, little thing where they have, they've made like a chair like this that goes like 12 or 15 miles an hour. And it showed like a side-by-side -side of the, the people yeah. <laughs> in the chairs of Wally and that. And I thought that shit was so funny. Uh, Cause that's, that really is where we're heading to as a society, yeah. you know? We used to hunt and gather and, you know, now we go get all of our groceries inside of a grocery store. Shit is shipped over from a bunch of other countries for us to 
to enjoy here, but the toll that that takes, like we should be eating locally. And I don't know, there's, there's so many things that we could be doing better society. There's so many things that I can do on a smaller impact level, like with the band too, you know, I've seen some pretty crazy things that other people have done as far as, uh, you know, changing their fuel source, you know, on their vans and, you know, printing on more sustainable, um, goods, you know, we have to make merch as a band. It's the only way we really make money. So, uh, like that's not going to stop. So how can we do that in a way that if we're being honest and not being hypocritical, like, well, what's a way that we can start working towards that in the future to be more sustainable and viable so that we can all enjoy this planet, you know? Yeah, for sure. I've super enjoyed this conversation, man. So let's do the kind of standard outro. Um, obviously I'll link all the socials and everything, but where can people find you and interact with you? Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're getting into the TikTok world. It's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to put that on this podcast. So that way we, we make it happen. Um, you can find us on there. Uh, there's a, like three really good TikToks that just like people just didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, but we're mostly on Instagram. Um, and during tour times, we're on everything. We have Twitter and all that. But yeah, feel free to hit us up on Instagram. We're most likely going to reply to your comment. Or uh, if you send us a DM, we'll say what's up. I know when I was younger, I used to love that shit. Like if the yeah. band applied to us and stuff. Um, so yeah, hit us up on Instagram, Dead Lakes Band, uh, Twitter, Dead Lakes Boys, B-O-I-Z. Uh, and uh, you'll find us on TikTok. I'm sure it's Dead Lakes Band too, something like that. Uh, yeah, and, and check out the record coming out. It's going to be sick. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to be like, hell yeah, we rode the first wave of this band coming out tight. Yeah, for sure. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me for real. I really appreciate you. You're a cool ass dude. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jess, I'm going to open it back up for you. Do you have anything that you need from us uh, as we wrap up here? I think we're all good. Thank you again for like, you always have great conversation, Josh. So we appreciate you. Josh is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I try. I appreciate that. I'm stoked for you, man. That sounds beautiful. I appreciate you. Seriously, thank you for caring at all. And and your show's great. I, I listened to quite a few episodes before I did this because I have anxiety. Awesome. And I gotta check it out. But yeah, you're great, dude. So awesome. thank you. I appreciate, appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right, cheers. See ya. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, right, Jess. See you guys. Bye. And that was my conversation with Summy of the band Dead Lakes. Huge shout out to him. You know, always appreciate anybody that wants to jump on the show, uh, but also a, a special shout out to him for, uh, you know, listening to previous episodes, even if it was caused by his anxiety and, um, you know, checking the show out and, and saying nice things. That's always really appreciated. Um, as he said, you know, we're going to have all the social medias linked in the, the description of this podcast, as always. Be sure you go over, give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, all that shit. Um, It costs nothing for you, but it helps them because it improves analytics and visibility and all of that. Plus, they're really fucking cool dudes, and I think that you'll enjoy the content that they're putting out, so you should do it just for that. Um, Be sure, keep your eyes peeled, we are going to... Try to keep you updated with, you know, release date of the album, um, when they announce tours, stuff like that. You know, we want to be on that as well. Um, and yeah, I'm personally looking forward to it. You know, I really want to see these guys live. They've had a, a great run, you know, and then COVID kicked them in the fucking dick and slowed everything down. 
much like all of us, but um, really looking forward to them getting back out on the road and really being able to um, engage in, in their craft the way that they love to do it and, you know, hopefully resonate with people uh, in that personal space of a concert, which I know sounds oxymoronic, but for music fans, there's there's no better feeling than that energy and that vibe of a, a live show and being someone that knows all the words to especially like an opener because that just shows that opener that people are paying attention and you know they want this and they're supporting um so yeah definitely do all that stuff that's everything for this episode guys that's everything for this year uh this will be the last episode of 2022 um huge shout out to everybody that has joined in on this conversation this year that has followed the podcast, listened to any episodes, anything like that. Um, really appreciate it. I am, I've said this for a while now, and it seems like every time the ball gets rolling on it, something, you know, slows us down. But I am working on new merch designs, so there will be new merch, new products, new designs uh, coming very, very soon, I hope. Uh, so just stay posted on that. We're going to, you know, release that as soon as we can. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to an incredible 2023. A lot of stuff on the horizon that's kind of been announced or, you know, approved and and authorized to me. So stay tuned. Uh, you're going to want to follow the podcast. You're going to want to uh, go over and follow the YouTube channel. Um, all of that because there is a lot of stuff coming. So really looking forward to it, guys. And yeah, that's everything for this episode, for this week, for this year. Um, just remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.